0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the OrthoBullets podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of proximal tip fib dislocation found under the Knee and Sports section at orthobullets.com. Let's begin with a quick summary. A proximal tip fib dislocation is a disruption of the proximal tibia fibula joint associated with high-energy open fractures of the tibia and perineal nerve injury. Diagnosis requires careful assessment of radiographs of the knee and tibia, as this is an often-missed injury. Treatment is prompt closed reduction with unstable injuries requiring surgical pinning versus soft tissue reconstruction. Now let's get into the episode. In terms of the epidemiology, this is a rare injury and it is even less common as an isolated injury. Demographically, it is most common in the second to fourth decades. In terms of the pathophysiology, the mechanism can either involve a high-energy trauma, remember that this is more common with horseback riding and parachuting, or it may be due to falling onto a flexed and adducted knee. Conditions that are associated include a posterior hip dislocation as the injury frequently occurs in a flexed knee and hip, as well as an open tibia fibula fracture or other fractures about the knee and ankle. Now let's quickly review some anatomy. In terms of the arthrology, remember that the proximal fibula articulates with the facet of the lateral cortex of the tibia, and this is distinct from the articulation of the knee. This joint is strengthened by an anterior and posterior ligament of the fibular head. In terms of the relevant nerves, Remember that the common perineal nerve lies distal to the proximal tibiofibular joint on the posterolateral aspect of the fibular neck. Now let's discuss the classification for these injuries. The Ogden classification divides these injuries into either subluxation or one of three types of dislocation. The dislocation may be either anterolateral, which is most common, or posteromedial or superior. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms will include lateral knee pain, and remember that symptoms can mimic a lateral meniscal tear. And patients will also complain of instability. On exam, one may note tenderness about the fibular head, and comparison of the bilateral knees with palpation of normal anatomic landmarks and their relative positions can help to clarify the diagnosis. In terms of imaging, recommended radiographs include an AP and lateral of both knees. Remember that comparison views of the contralateral knee are essential. A CT scan can clearly identify the presence or absence of a dislocation. In terms of treatment, non operative options include a closed reduction. This is indicated in acute dislocations. The specific technique involves flexing the knee 80 to 110 degrees and applying pressure over the fibular head opposite to the direction of dislocation. A post-reduction immobilization in extension or early range of motion is controversial. In terms of the outcomes, this is commonly successful with minimal disadvantages. Operative options include surgical soft tissue stabilization versus open reduction in pinning versus arthrodesis versus fibular head resection. This is indicated for chronic dislocation with chronic pain and symptomatic instability. And lastly, complications include recurrence, common perineal nerve injury, which is usually seen with posterior dislocations, and arthritis, which rarely occurs and is usually minimally symptomatic. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to proximal TIP-Fib dislocation, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario a patient presents with injury to his right leg. An AP radiograph of the right tibia and fibula demonstrates a tibial shaft fracture. On exam, the patient also has a foot drop on the ipsilateral side. What is the next step in the treatment for this patient? And the answer choices are choice one, electrodiagnostic testing to evaluate nerve injury. Choice two, splint and outpatient follow-up. Choice three, obtain dedicated knee radiographs. Choice four, Proceed with an intramedullary nail to treat the injury without further workup. Or choice five, proceed with an emergent perineal nerve exploration and four compartment fasciotomies. The best answer to this question is choice three, obtain dedicated knee radiographs. Dedicated knee radiographs should be obtained to determine if there is an associated proximal tibiofibular joint dislocation, which can be associated with perineal nerve palsy. Proximal tibiofibular joint dislocations are rare injuries and are often missed due to the subtle radiographic findings. They are often the result of high-energy trauma to the affected extremity, as is seen in a tibial shaft and plateau fracture, and twisting injuries during sports. Careful scrutiny of high-quality knee radiographs is required for the diagnosis. There is a high association with perineal nerve palsy, especially with posterior dislocations. The publication by Curatolo et al., review the common clinical conditions of the proximal tibiofibular joint. The authors discuss traumatic dislocations, fractures, chronic instability, and arthritis. In their review, they focus on diagnosis and treatment strategies. The publication by Herzog et al. performed a retrospective study of 30 patients with proximal tibiofibular dislocations. They report this injury occurred in conjunction with tibial shaft and tibial plateau fractures with the high incidence of compartment syndrome and perineal nerve palsy of which 30% of patients had neurologic recovery. The authors concluded that proximal tibiofibular dislocation is associated with a severely traumatized limb. The publication by and Kun reviewed the instability of the proximal tibiofibular joint. They reported the injury to the proximal tibiofibular joint is the result of violent twisting motions and can present with pain and prominence of the lateral aspect of the knee. Treatment for acute injuries includes closed reduction, followed by open reduction if unsuccessful, or arthrodesis fibular head resection, and joint capsule reconstruction and chronic injuries. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. An EMG performed in the acute setting would provide little treatment utility. It takes approximately 3 weeks post-neurologic injury for an EMG to be diagnostically useful. Choices 2 and 4. Further radiographic evaluation of the knee should be performed to evaluate for a concomitant knee injury such as a proximal tibiofibular joint dislocation prior to further treatment. Choice 5. An emergent perineal nerve exploration and four compartment fasciotomy are not necessary at this time. Further radiographic evaluation to assess possible injury of the proximal tibiofibular joint is the most appropriate next step. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 34 year old male was playing rugby two weeks ago when an opposing player fell on the lateral aspect of his left knee. He felt an immediate pop and was unable to bear weight on the extremity initially. He has had recurrent popping and catching in the knee since the initial injury and intermittent numbness on the top of his foot. Radiographs are obtained, which demonstrate a proximal tibiofibular dislocation. An MRI is also obtained, and it does not indicate any cruciate ligament, meniscus, or osteochondral damage. What is the most appropriate next step in management for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1 arthroscopy for repair or debridement of a meniscal tear, Choice 2 reconstruction of an anterior cruciate ligament. Choice 3: Arthroscopy for repair or debridement of femoral condyle osteochondral lesions. Choice 4: Closed reduction of a dislocation. Or choice 5: Electromyography for evaluation of anterior tarsal tunnel syndrome. The best answer to this question is choice 4, closed reduction of a dislocation. The radiographs demonstrate a proximal tibiofibular dislocation and the MRI does not indicate any cruciate ligament meniscus, or osteochondral damage. Anterior tarsal tunnel syndrome secondary to deep perineal nerve entrapment can be evaluated by EMG, but this patient's perineal nerve symptoms are secondary to the proximal tibiofibular dislocation and instability. The review article by Sakia and Kuhn notes that there are four types of dislocation with anterolateral being the most common, and the diagnosis is most likely missed at a higher rate. Injury to the proximal tibiofibular joint is typically seen in athletes who sustain twisting motions of the flexed knee. They also note that the history and findings are often similar to lateral meniscus injuries. The publication by Parks and Zelko performed a case study of an isolated proximal tibial fibular joint after minor trauma. With acute injury, patients usually complain of pain and a prominence in the lateral aspect of the knee. Closed reduction is done by placing an appropriately directed force to the fibular head with the knee flexed between 80 and 110 degrees. This relaxes the lateral collateral ligament and biceps femoris tendon. It is controversial as to whether immobilization for a few weeks or immediate range of motion is the preferred post-reduction prescription. Open reduction is indicated for the acute dislocation that is not able to have a successful closed reduction. For patients with malreductions, missed dislocations, chronic pain, or continued instability, surgical options include arthrodesis, fibular head resection, and proximal tibiofibular joint capsule reconstruction. That's all for this review about proximal tib-fib dislocation. We hope that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session from OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on orthobullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the OrthoBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the OrthoBullets podcast has been valuable to you, We'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the Or The Bullets podcast.